Welcome to Keystone Education Radio, the podcast for all things focused on education in Pennsylvania. Now here's your host, Annette Stevenson. Today we're going to be delving into part three of our series on One District's Move to Equity, highlighting the progress incurred in the Erie School District. And this episode will be guest hosted by PSVA's Dr. Heather Bennett. Hello, my name is Heather Bennett. I am the Director of Equity Services for the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Gracing us today is uh, B. Herbersky, the Assistant Superintendent at Erie's Public Schools. How are you doing today? I am fine, Heather. Thank you for inviting me. So we are here to talk about equity and really just understand how one district has set the stage to embed the practice in every aspect of their uh, school district. So I just want to first start off is how do you define equity? What's your definition? So um, when I look at what we've done at Erie Public Schools and the work we've done recently in the past two years, we had a strategic plan where we brought all the stakeholders, teachers, students, administrators, community members, board members to the table. And what ended up happening was we found five goals that came to the surface. And one of them, of course, was equity and fairness. So what when we define equity, we want equal opportunities for all students is um, one of the piece and educating every student and giving them opportunities that they may have not had. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So can you define what your role is and, and how it has changed along with the strategic plan? Definitely. So as the um, assistant superintendent of academics, one of the things Erie has gone through is really some major changes. We've had a huge budget crisis that took place over eight years ago. And with that, we did a lot of cuts. So a lot of the furloughs, we had to close schools. We did a lot of the legwork to try to become solvent. And with doing that, we really didn't purchase any curricular materials. We did a lot of work that was in-house with our experts and our professionals, but we didn't get a whole lot of resources or really get on the same page. So part of the strategic plan and part of my role was to take what we have, look at our data, take our data, see what our needs are, and then try to find ways in the future and in this year and the next five years, how are we going to improve our schools, improve our students, improve the test scores, improve their growth, and give them the opportunities to become great citizens for the future of Erie and the future of Pennsylvania. So this is like an internal work, so just like a, a diagnostic of who you guys are without much outside um, work. That's really, that's really great. Um, so how was that process? Was it, uh, was it hard? Was it emotional? Was it actually an opportunity for, for creativity? What was that process like for your district? When we saw the issues that rose to the top, it was very, very challenging. And the challenge was to really let the transparency of what people felt come to the top. So there were very difficult conversations. When we talk equity, there were some very difficult conversations. But our superintendent and the team and that entire strategic planning group said, we can't let this happen 
anymore. We need to close that achievement gap. We need to give our students the amount of pieces they need to grow and to be able to read by third grade. So to just go over the five goals, the first goal is early learning to make sure that we have students who are ready and able to be proficient in reading by third grade. The second goal is service learning, making sure that our community, our students understand the community and what their contributions will be and can be as students to the community. The third one is really the core curriculum, making sure our students are proficient in core. The fourth is the equity and fairness. And the fifth is 100% graduation rate. And our hope is in five years, we can absolutely get our students to graduate 100% of our students. Awesome. So my next question really is, in um, reading over your strategic plan, is talking about this concept of cultural competency. For your teachers, for your students, for your overall practice, please define cultural competency, um, how your district has defined it, and where do you see that infused in your district practice? So a part of goal four, what we've really looked at is what do our children need? What is, where are they at? And what are the things that we have to do? So for example, some trauma-infused is a large piece. We have a lot of students who have had trauma in their lives. They don't even realize it. But the other piece is that there are teachers that have had trauma. And so we have trauma upon trauma. And so what are we doing to really build relationships in our class? classrooms between students and teachers and really working on problem solving. So we've really worked on positive school-wide support universally. We've given our our administrative staff and our our teachers opportunities to use some restorative practices, restorative justice, second step. All these are examples of working on social and emotional aspects of a child's life and of a classroom's life because it is like a family and you have to build relationships so students understand and feel that they can be themselves and trusted and our teachers are trusted in dealing with issues so that they can actually then learn to get through some of the barriers that are there and then be able to work on the academics. Can you please define restorative practices? Restorative practices, Mm -hmm. that's an example. We piloted in a few schools and in one of the schools they do what's called circle time and so when they do their restorative practice what they're doing is looking at situations that are occurring and then they are trying to problem solve as a group with the knowledge base that it's okay to to discuss it's okay to talk some things happen sometimes and they have to think of the solutions to make it better in that setting Um, So, for example, if someone's going on field trips, to sit prior to, like being proactive, let's sit and talk, what does it mean to go on a field trip? What are our expectations on our behavior? What are we looking for at the field trip? What are things like that? All of that proactive side instead of having a reaction where we haven't talked about it and then issues take place at that field trip and then it's after the fact, whereas being proactive and restorative practices and restorative justice on all of those, that would be an example of that. And second step, what's second step? Second step is another another form of practice. It is by the teachers, and it is, again, working on character building, working on problem solving, working on emotional and social 
skills for students. And it is done in the classroom. It's done by the teacher. And they spend a short period of time. And then the students learn the skills that are necessary to be active learners in their own life. Great. And so I really wanted to um, to really get at this concept of providing programs that are for children and not done to them. And so understanding the culture and the background and the histories of our students matter so much to, to make sure that they are uh, supported and feel like they belong. And we know that if children feel like they belong, they're going to be successful. And so how do you help teachers in terms of what are the supports uh, given to teachers to, to help them practice social-emotional learning and cultural competency and be more trauma-informed and also really deal with their own trauma? And how, so how does school, how does Erie um, really support teachers in that work? I would say that in this strategic plan, it is five years, and we are at the beginning stages. So in this first year, we've had some professional development on the trauma-informed. We've done some work on cultural awareness, cultural diversity, and understanding um, the students that are sitting in front of us. And they understand us, and we understand them. So I would say there's so much more that we have to do in Erie. We're just in the really beginning stages of it. But at least it's on our it's on our radar where it may have not been before and it is definitely on our radar. Can I ask you a question? Why do you think it's wasn't on the radar before? Um, we know that a lot of districts are at the very beginning of this conversation or maybe not have even started this conversation. Why do you think it's so hard to move into this direction? Well, I I guess when I look at all the things that Erie has, and and when we look at the budget issues and all of that became the forefront, which is sad when we think about our students. We need to think of our students. Even though we were teaching and we were doing everything that was expected of us, it still was in the back of our mind. We couldn't spend money on curriculum. We couldn't do this or that. Whereas now we are solvent to the point where we are taking a stand with the strategic plan. But I also feel that it is part of the data when we look at the data of the achievement gap and we look at our our demographics and we look at the groupings, you know, what subgroups are having the most success and what subgroups are, are stagnant, and then we also look at the behavior that's gone on and how many students have been suspended, how many students have been expelled, how many students are at detention, it is a disparity. We need to do this because it is not working. What's happening is not working and it is not what we need to do for our students. We must use this and work with this and make it aware to our teachers, to our administrators, and then to ourselves to say, what can we do to support our students? And we also have the community that's backing us with this. They want to be a part of this. They want to help and make solutions to the issues that we're addressing right now. I'm glad you mentioned the community because we all know that if the community is not backing this up, then then it's going to be very hard to, to move a lot of these initiatives forward. So How do you engage with the community and how does the community engage with you in this work? 
as part of the strategic plan. They were at the table, the community, various agencies, various nonprofit organizations, the government, all the different stakeholders that would be from Erie City were part of this strategic plan. But the difficult conversations were had, but also what can every stakeholder do to help the solution. It isn't just the school district by itself. It's parents. It's nonprofits. It's the the after-school programming that's part of it. And when we look at another piece, and I didn't even mention this, was our community schools model. So the United Way from Erie also is infusing all their resources to support our community through the community schools model. So right now we have six schools that are community schools and they have community school directors. We have after school coordinators to, again, look at the needs of that school and then really work together with the school district to find solutions. Wow. That's really exciting. So how do you engage students in this work? Another element that I think a lot of districts and school entities forget about is really our kids can really detail and talk about and let us know what works and what doesn't work. And we want to make sure that we're providing an education for them. So how are student voices included into this practice? So we've had student voices, uh, groups of students coming to the administration building to share what works in the building, what they see as something we could change. Uh, we've just done another one. Uh, one of our colleagues, Ken Nixon, did one where it was a student voice, and he did a panel of the students and got their their perspective on education. The other big piece that I feel like we need to address would be the career awareness. Career awareness is really huge. And one of the academic side and the programming side that we're working on is giving our students opportunities to see what careers are out there. It's not always college ready. There is college ready, but there's so many other careers out there. And we want to give our children a chance to see the spark in themselves. What would be beneficial for them. So we do some surveys with our students to see what high school electives that we would offer and based on the the workforce we then can move with that to give them opportunities that they may not have had in the past. And that's been, again, another phase of our work that we've been doing with the strategic plan, but also to really try to engage students in their own learning. If they love something, they're going to do everything in that area. And so if one of the things we're doing currently with our curriculum for uh, pre-K to 5 is literacy program we, we're purchasing has to do with literacy, but it also infuses core knowledge, which gives social studies and science infused in literacy and in the reading so that students can say, oh my goodness, I love this. We're talking about the Aztecs or we're talking about, uh, you know, this. And then reading is hand in hand. And then it ignites excitement in students. Awesome. Speaking of more of the curriculum focus and and also really dealing with, you talked about earlier about disparities and that um, some students have not had access to the same opportunities as others. How are you really handling or dealing with that disparity from a system level of working with the teachers and the administration and also the students to making sure that we are closing these opportunity gaps between groups of students? That's exactly what the core knowledge and the core piece 
we don't want that disparity. So the curriculum that we're currently purchasing for this coming year, and we're going to be giving our teachers professional development, the administrators professional development, try to, to level the playing field. Everyone is getting the same knowledge base. In the knowledge base, they get the same vocabulary, they get the phonics to infuse literacy. Because once you can do that, then students can, once they're proficient, they can go in any direction they want. So our goal is for giving them all the same type of a knowledge base and then making them able to determine what pathway they would like to choose. So we're talking about leveling the playing field and, and, and making sure that we're providing them with the same stuff. How do we deal with kids that are coming from different backgrounds that had different experiences that are in extreme barriers to education, extreme barriers to opportunity, and even barriers within the system itself, education system itself, to make sure they're getting exactly what they need to be proficient in everything? How are we making sure that we're providing individualized attention at the same time, the whole, uh, and making sure that we're working with the whole as well? When we look at the universal that's everyone getting the same opportunity. And then we move to the tiers. Mm -hmm. If they're needing additional supports, it would be tier two and then tier three for those students that need even more supports. Uh, so I guess when I look at that, looking at what are we offering every single student, that would be the, that big universal piece. And then when we're looking at data, that data should help us determine, are the students getting it? If they're not, then we differentiate. So then we give them additional supports that they might need, those interventions to get them to where they are proficient in those areas. And then defining that for all of our schools. So because Erie is a large district, we have 16 schools. If we lay down the foundation for all of them and what what happens for a tier two, what happens for a tier three, then we have the all of the systems in place. And then we work with our staff to make sure they have that systemic piece and then are able to then support all the students. Uh, one of the other things that we have added in the past two years is a part where you know, when you look at students, sometimes that large classroom isn't something that fits for them. So one of the things we've done in Erie is have our alternative programming, but it's not a punitive necessarily. There's a piece that alternative programs have to have, but there's a lot of students who the regular classroom is just not the right fit for them and they thrive in the smaller setting or they might thrive with cyber they might need credit recovery so we've been really working at that alternative side as well and then additional supports to those students so they can succeed and then they can graduate again that's looking at the needs of the students not necessarily looking at um, the universal but then let's see what can we do for those students who are not finding success and then again for that next tier what are we going to do we want them to graduate we want them to be successful so what do we do for those students wonderful what would you like our listeners to know more about your district what about your district that you think makes it special erie is a great city number one we have wonderful students um, sometimes people have perceptions that there's a lot of violence in the schools or the education isn't what they would have thought of or hoped I can honestly say and I've been teaching and I've been a guidance counselor a principal an HR director and now assistant superintendent in my 34 years of Erie Public Schools 
I am a big advocate for our children, and the children are our future. And so when I look at our schools, and if you ever came to one of our schools, it's a wonderful place. I have engaged. They're, you know, they're they're ready to learn. I had an opportunity to go to your uh, school district. I didn't get to go and meet your students, but I got a chance to interact with your teachers and your staff, and it was really, really exciting to see the kind of movement forward. This work is hard. <laughs> Definitely. It is very, very, very hard. And I, I was saying earlier, there's an external work, which is, I think, the practices and the programs, but there's an internal work that we as educators have to do in order to make ourselves, to humble ourselves, really, to really deal with our own issues of bias um, our issues, and also recognize the lens in which we see ourselves and our children, because all of that has a huge impact on how we educate them. So I guess I wanted to ask you more of that. How are we really talking and tackling, and you talked about this earlier, but the cultural competencies piece, but really that internal work for our teachers and our staff to make sure that we're doing the work that, for ourselves, for our children. Sure. So regarding the cultural mm-hmm. side of it, one of Ken's major pieces with his goal is the awareness of our implicit bias and the awareness of the disparity that's happening and are the behaviors really behaviors that need to have the discipline side of it or is it just students who are needing to learn how to be social they have the skills or do they need the skills so what we've done is we've started with central office and we've started with our administrators. So Ken has uh, worked with one of the books. It's a study book that we're using, and he has had them do chapters where we've had the, the administrators come to the table and start that discussion. Because if they can start that discussion and be comfortable with that discussion, then when they get with their faculty, it'll be a lot easier for them to, you know, a lot of times I think people get very defensive. And instead of getting defensive, looking at what we need to do as a a school district or as a classroom or as a school to embrace the diversity in our children and our families and embrace it and, and make it's special. I mean, we look at an ELL student, for example, in some places, if you have another language that you know, that is like wonderful. But sometimes it's not looked that way in a school because they may not have English as their first language. And so we're trying to teach them English, yet they are very fluent in a different language. And we don't embrace that as a wonderful thing. And I think, again, we're talking about perception and we're talking about mindset. We need to change our mindset. We need to work on it to say, wow, let's take that wonderful opportunity and teach each other some things that we can do. Absolutely. I think it's at the heart of the, this whole practice is recognizing the brilliance in our, in our children. Just really recognizing it, uh, I think, is and the human dignity of our families and parents and communities. Um, so you guys are doing this powerful work. Um, so I really want you to get an opportunity for you to disperse some advice for districts starting at the beginning level um, of this work. So what are steps you think would help move districts and schools towards equity? I think that those difficult conversations and not getting defensive, but 
showing the passion. I can remember two or three meetings where we split up into the goals and the most amount of people were in goal four. That told us a lot. Oh, wow. Just from that. Then they weren't done. Like we would give them a half hour. Every group would get a chance to work individually in their teams. But as we continued, the discussions were so robust that they needed more time. And it was goal four that needed more time. What was goal four again? Yes. We all know that goal one and goal three, dealing with curriculum and core, that's education. That's what we do on a regular basis. But for goal four and having the number of people in the community and the administrators and the teachers and the students sitting discussing what are we doing, how are we changing, we need to change. Those discussions showed us that is really important to us, but we also have to understand and accept our own bias and realize we are biased and we have to talk about it. And it's not easy for people to talk about it and and not get defensive. And I think that we've tried that with our teachers one or two times and it's not ending. We've got to continue that work. It is very continuous. And goal four is the equity, fairness, and justice for all learners piece. Yes. Wonderful. So what supports would you suggest? What supports did you use? Research, uh, books, uh, concepts, pedagogies that you use to move equity forward in your district? We use a lot of the, the research. We also had an excellent facilitator for the first piece of the strategic plan, and, and he continues to work with us on the strategic plan. Who is that? Um, it's Mutuyu Fagbayi, and he has done work with the school district and with our strategic plan, but then he also works on the ways of continually having that discussion, to continually to work with data, take the data, take the practices, and then what are the next steps that should be taken. And so we work on that on a regular basis. The other piece is we meet weekly as a team, our team. So we're meeting weekly and going over the goals, the updates, what's the next steps for all five goals. So they're continually looked at. And then we look at the buildings and what are they doing? And then we're trying to, you know, continue the work throughout this year. And then we're going to start talking about next year. And what are the things that we're going to do for goal one, two, three, four, and five? Hmm. Is there like something that PDE um, has as well? Or is there other research that you've seen that you say, this is, this is our equity Bible foundation support that could be um, as a resource for other districts beginning this work? We've used a lot of different practices. We've used the cell is an example of another professional development grouping that we've looked at. And then again, we've been piloting. So when we spoke about second step and restorative justice, we've actually piloted in a few schools. So then we could see, is this working? How is this helping? What data does it show? Are we seeing less incidences of discipline issues are we seeing students solving their problems and working as a team and, and improving in their academics? Those are some of the things that this year we've worked on, and then we'll continue on to next year. Absolutely. Do you have anything else that you 
that you really want to say, something really profound about your district that you want to get across or a program that you're excited about, the floor is yours. <laughs> well, I guess I want to thank you. I really want to thank you for looking at Erie and saying Erie is doing something that is working towards the betterment of the students and the betterment of the families and the betterment of our community because it is the community um, together and knowing right now as the the academic person that we are going to this year get a new literacy program in place and it is research-based it's going to be work that it will take a while it's a challenge to get everything in place also a math program, and then working on the pathways and STEM, giving students opportunities. There's so many good things happening that I hope we can continue that and and share out some of those great things. Absolutely, and I just want to reiterate that equity is a movement forward, and there is no end to it. We are starting the practice but recognizing there's always something more to learn, something more to grow in, some new research out there to help us understand our communities, our demographics, our children in a way that is going to bring out the best in them. And that's really the purpose of education. So again, this work is hard. I really want to reiterate, it is hard, transformative work. And anytime you're having to do this, it's like going to the gym. You know, you go to the gym for the first time, and then you, you're working out that leg muscle that you haven't done in a minute, and you're now sore, and it makes you not want to do it. Just keep pushing forward. It'll get stronger and better, and we'll start to really just change lives. So I just say thank you so much. Thank you. This podcast is produced by the Pennsylvania School Boards Association, and today's episode was brought to you in part by CM Regent and the Pennsylvania School District Liquid Asset Fund. Listeners, I encourage you to go to keyedradio.org to find out more on this episode and others. This is Annette Stevenson saying thanks for listening to Keystone Education Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Keystone Education Radio podcast are solely the views and opinions of our guests and do not reflect the views and opinions of the Pennsylvania School Boards Association. Thank you.